episode 47 of Board Games with Varian Hex is all about our games of the month. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, myself and Aaron talk about our games of the month for April 2022. We'll discuss what we've played, what we'd like to get back to the table soon, and of course, share our game of the month. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to myself and Aaron talking about our April 2022 games of the month. We did a lot of stuff in April. We traveled and everything. Yeah. It feels like... Did we travel twice in April? Where else would we, where else would we go? Did we go to Madison in April? Or was that the end oh, of Oh, no, we did. Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. and then we went to, yeah, to Dayton. Yeah, yeah. It was a big, was a big month. Yeah, it's been a busy month. I think this is the first month in literally years where we've had like something kind of big every single weekend. Yeah, and we've, we've got something next weekend and the weekend after, but we've still yes. found time to play a few games. Oh, I found time to play a lot of games, so that's still that's still going great. So this month, now that we're recording this on the 28th. So, so who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Probably still a few more games that I'll play in the next couple of days. But I played 47 games, 102 total plays. Whew. All of this is brought to us by BG Stats app. I log everything. So it makes it really easy to look at months in review, years in review, things like that. So all these numbers are coming from that. The 47 games that I played, I'm going to quickly list them. In reverse order, I'm not really sure. I think it I think it puts them all together by play count, but then within a play count, I have no idea how it's organizing them. It's not it's not oldest to newest. You ready? I'm ready. 47 games. Here we go. King Domino, Draftosaurus, Crow's Overkill, Metro X, Lucky Numbers, Hunted, Kobayashi Tower, Twa Dice, Foodies, Jaipur, uh, Fox in the Forest, Fox in the Forest Duet, Copenhagen, Fleet the Dice Game, Century Gollum Edition, Alhambra Rollin' Right, Tumbletown, The Rocketeer, Fate of the Future, Quacks of Quedlinburg, Pachacuna. Oh, that's not right. We didn't play that this month, did we? It's your, you got the list. Okay, that's an error. Machikoro 2, Gorinto, Furnace, Curious Cargo, Creature Comforts, Bargain Quest, Rallyman GT, It's a Wonderful Kingdom, Legends, Space Base, Shinkansen Zero K, Dice Hospital, Role Player, Deus, Stardew Valley, The Board Game, so- Skulls of Sedlek, Trek 12, Happy City, Seven Wonders Architects, Shelfie Stacker, Custom Heroes, Voyages, Nanga Parbat, Space Park, Micro Macro Crime City, Full House, Unsurmountable, It's a Wonderful World, Micro Macro Crime City, and Sagrada. All right. So yeah. It's just a good list. It's a good list. Sagrada at the top. I played Sagrada 22 times. Ooh. That was the challenge on Ruel Gaviola's Discord. And it was really hard. I know that I actually played it more than 22 times. I just recorded plays 22 times because when it was going truly horribly, I would just, just put all the dice back in the bag, start over. I never would have played it that much without kind of this solo challenge. So that's been a fun way to kind of dig into games that I own. But also, I mean, it gave me a new appreciation. I kind of went through the valley of this game is fine down into I hate this. And as soon as I'm done with this challenge, I'm going to sell it or burn it. And I ended up coming back out the other side of like, you know what? It's kind of okay. And really, I was thinking of selling Sagrada full stop anyways before i even started oh so maybe it made it through the valley and now it's not going to get so, cold yes now it's kind of hanging on so of the, those games some of them were games in our collection some are things from bga one of them is from some new board game website and that 
were, represented 15% of, the, of our collection. So of the total games that uh, we own, I played 15% of them in this month. 20 of those games were new to me, um, which is pretty high, really. But we bought a lot of games, or I bought a lot of games. BG Stats app estimates that I spent 57 hours playing board games this. And I think that's not quite right. I think some of those Sagrada plays, again, were very fast. Right. But, you know, it's probably close enough. And then the H index, which is a stat that I don't know really why it exists. But how many games did you play how many times where the number is the same? So were there three games? Did you play oh, three right. times? Were there? But for me, it was there were five games that I played at least five times. And the H index is the highest number it could come up with. Yeah. Okay. So I played Sagrada, Micro Macro, It's a Wonderful World, Unsurmountable, and the other Micro Macro. I played those all at least five times, those five games. If I played Space Park one more time, I would have played six games five times. The H index still would have been five. And then I would have had to play something else. And Why? Space Some of those again. games you played more than five times as ready as well. So it could have gone to six. Well, but I, I only played Micro Macro Crime City Full House five times. Oh, so if you yeah. Okay. Yeah. So H index is kind of weird. Again, I don't really know why the stat exists or truly what it's meant to tell us. I guess the depth to which you're playing, overplaying your collection, multiple plays of your collection. But mine was five. And I think it's it's usually around there. And there is often some game, some small short game that I've played a whole bunch. So Sagrada was the one I played the most. And now a few more game listing. The new ones were Shinkansen Zero K. I think it's K. It's K. It's K E I. Um, Nanga Parbat, Hunted, Kobayashi Tower, The Rocketeer was new, Unsurmountable, Gugong, Role Player, Tumbletown, Dice Forge, Curious Cargo, Quacks of Quedlinburg, Orleans, Fleet the Dice Game, Skulls of Sedlek, Hansa Teutonica, Marakaibo's expansion, and the Arnok expansion. And not all of those we've actually gotten through yet. Right. I'm excited to play the both the expansions for Arnok and for Marakaibo. Marakaibo being a game we played the mess out of. Oh, yeah, we and sure didn't, did. I didn't really like it till after we played a lot of it. And then I decided I really liked it a lot. Yeah, I was the same way. It has a very good app. I haven't dug into it too deeply, but it lets you do the same like campaign thing, which I think is pretty neat um, to get that to to have that experience in the app. And the Uprising has at least one mode. I don't think it's all the mode. Has one mode where it's co-op. And in general, oh, right. I think you are the Uprising kind of there in the name. I think you are taking it more from the perspective of the people that were being invaded and taken over instead of being the colonizers. Oh, okay. Which is people appreciate that as a different we get so many colonizing games that it gets a bit much and then we know how problematic really all of that is so it's nice for games in that setting to show other perspectives and not always show the same perspective of the same people in that situation so that should be interesting the um arnak we played at gen con we played the expansion at oh, gen con right, right but if we just we weren't able to get it until quite a bit later uh, and then some of these we got used. Gugong, we got used when we were in Madison. We haven't given that a play yet. Hansa Teutonica and Orleans, Orleans. We haven't we haven't given that a play yet either. So the Rocketeer was kind of I bought on a whim, and neither of us care anything about really the movie. We haven't seen it, 
But it was an interesting little game. Like, it was a decent little two-player-only game. Yeah, I thought, I think you said that the review, I forget who you said reviewed it, but they said, like, if you didn't like the theme, you might not like it. But I disagree. I like. I don't like the theme. I don't care for the theme, and I did like it. Right. That was Tom Basil. He said you. He said that it's a good enough game that it would still be fine. But he was just saying that if you do like the Rocketeer, they've done just an amazing job. And we really can't speak to that. Right. right. It looked lovely though like all the components the artwork the consistency of all that um design is really really good and then we also sold a bunch of games which i'm not going to list but when we were in madison there was if you listen to the gaming on the go episode for madison there was a game shop that we went to that um buys used games yeah and they were offering a bonus for the like a mileage back for how far you traveled yeah, so we got a little bit of a bonus. We kind of like maxed out the bonus. You'd have to, it was like a percentage up to a certain amount. Um, so, yeah, we kind of just took the opportunity to, you know, take advantage, give some stuff to a local game store, and uh, use the store credit to get some new stuff. So we have more of an influx of new things this month than usual, but it's kind of because of the offset of selling games and, and getting some new stuff back in. Overall, it gives you the days of the week in the BG Stats app that you played, like what percentage of your games. 20% of my games were Wednesday. I think that just must mean that when I was playing Sagrada, probably that was a Wednesday. Because right. there was one day where I just, I, I played it for a couple hours. And you can really get a solo game of Sagrada done in under 10 minutes. Oh, so you're just like churning through. So yeah. I think just in general, we tend to play, like you and I, play games on Wednesday evening more often. Because Monday evening, Tuesday evening, we're doing stuff. Thursday evening. Yeah, I think Wednesday's the, I I would say that Wednesday's probably the weeknight that we're most likely to play a game. We played games yesterday, didn't we? Yesterday's Wednesday. Today's Thursday, yeah. Yeah. Yesterday's Wednesday. What did we play yesterday? Hmm. It's it's got to be something we just listed. Yeah, it has. To, I mean, it does definitely have to be something that we. Just oh, it listed. was Shinkansen. Oh, Shinkansen. Yeah, which is fun. uh, it's the same people that designed Red Cathedral. We haven't played, but we've heard is popular. The people like it. It's not really a big box. Same for Cathedral. Not necessarily a big box game, but you get like a lot in there and a lot of game in there. And I think the same was true for this. Like it was a smaller size board. You could definitely see this same game just being like scaled up bigger and coming in a bigger box and everything just being bigger because like the little uh what are Olympic torch pieces yeah. are so tiny. Like some of yeah. it is a bit fiddly because every little piece is so small, the train tracks. But I really liked it. You felt like you'll like it maybe more when you play it again and sort of understand everything. Yeah, I feel like there's a fair number of games that I feel pretty confident that I have a reasonable strategy after having read the rule book and going into the first game. And this was not one of them. Mm. Uh, but I thought the theme was super on point. And it was kind of a, like the preparation for the Olympics and you're building the yeah. towns and then you're trying to contribute to the venues. And I thought that was all, I mean, it was it was pretty fun. Yeah. And I think it's, I liked that theme and what was going on there. But also if they had just given you cubes and- oh, The pieces <laughs> were hard to pick up. Literally any city. Like, I just mean that, yes, that's what you were doing. And it was nice for them to like pull it into a real world event. But it wasn't as if you couldn't have put any world event onto that same map and said the exact same thing about it. So I did like the theme. It just wasn't that, like, the game had to exist with the theme. You know what? I'm sort of enchanted by the Olympics of the old times. I don't really care anything about the Olympics now. But, like, I loved them as a kid. I think they're still fine. Well, now it's sort of just like, oh, doping and drugs and everyone. Oh, my gosh. 
This is really taking a turn. It probably was like that so, before, but I was young and naive. Listen, we're, we are running away we're, we're from back, your Olympic back. commentary, and we're going to say, now we're getting just a tiny bit more structure in these Game of the Month episodes. So the next section is, back to the table, what game would you like to play more? I'm going to let you go first. Okay. Uh, I said, really, the answer is most of them. You want to look on here? Mm-hmm. Here, you can look at my, you can look at the list. So I would say that the ones I'd like to play more, Voyages is one of them, and that is a print-and-play Kickstarter game. I'm sure there have been plenty more, but Voyages seem to be the first in a run of roll-and-write Kickstarter around $5 pledge games, where now it feels like there's just so many of them. I backed Voyages. I hadn't actually played it. It was played on some board game stream, and that was kind of like, well, an excuse, I'll play along with them. Really enjoyed it. There's four maps, I think, out right now for it. There are fan-made maps as well that are like kind of officially unofficial versions um, to go along with the game. There's a Discord community for it. There's a lot going on. But really, the very first base map so far is the one that I've liked the most. Played that a few times, and it's I uh, printed one off and laminated it. And it's just a nice little... Uh, you're kind of like charting a path around the sea. And I think I like that theme in games. I like a roll and write. Um, so yeah, just a really good time. I feel like that's one that I will certainly play more often. I kind of think I want to get like a roll and write binder for that kind of stuff. And if I, especially if I start backing more of these print and play games, just having them all in kind of like a three ring binder um, would be a nice way to, and it'd be a great way to like travel with it. Just pull it out of your backpack and be able to play a few. And then Rallyman GT. We played it once, uh, the actual physical copy. It's on BGA, and I've played it a couple times solo on that. But I think I'd like to play that a little more. I like how the track can be variable. I think there's a little more. I always wanted to play Formula D more than I ever did while I owned it. And now I think I'm feeling that way about Rallyman. It feels a little more achievable, though, than with Formula D. So I just like to get that out a little bit more, even if I set up, you know, smaller tracks for myself to play instead of, you know, trying to take on a big old game. I think both of those were a couple that sprung to mind. But honestly, I like games, so I want most of them on the table. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to go with three games. I'm just going to go yeah, go for it. Go quick. I think Furnace is super uh, fun. Furnace is really good. And every time I play it, I think, oh, we should just play this more. Um, I really like playing Jaipur. We played it for the first time in a long time, and that's definitely in the conversation for things that I wish were at the table more. You know what? I'm going with four. Okay. Quacks of Quedlinburg, super fun. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And then when we were in Madison, one of the games we really liked playing together was Custom Heroes, and that's that card stuffing game. And that, I mean, that's just a really fun game as well. Yeah, Custom Heroes is another, it's ladder climbing. So you're kind of, you're kind of taking tricks. Like you're playing it that same way, but it actually doesn't matter at all who wins the trick. You're just trying to get rid of your whole hand first. Right. So a little bit different there. Um, But yeah, those are all, you know, they're all good picks. And I think that's the thing about, I keep saying to Aaron, keep saying to you, I want to play through our collection faster. And you're kind of like, we're on pace. We're doing fine. But I think part of that is because I want to get through all of it so that I have time to circle back to the things I want to play again. So we don't have to like spend all this time in August playing Foodies and Crows Overkill, which are the games I would get rid of. 
Oh, moving on to the collection. And it's a bit of a visual pun. We're spelling it C-U-L-L. E-C-T-I-O-N. Yeah, the, the collection. I like yes. it a lot. Um, so what games might not stay? So you would get rid of foodies. You would get rid of Crow's Overkill. I like Crow's Overkill. Yeah, I, I like I it just like, enough. I, I think it's like, what? Well, it's fine. I'll just it's play fine. other games. Yeah, I think uh, it hits the spot for me as like a light card game in that way. Because you can't really take it too serious. Oh, and, you can. Well, I guess you can take everything too serious, but that's like here nor there. And then foodies. Now, I kind of thought the same thing about foodies. I I do like it. We first played it on Tabletop Simulator during the pandemic. And then, like, it was it was one of the... This was the first time, maybe, that I played a game digitally first and then bought a physical copy. That's now happened a lot more. Right. And I think that, like, th- for the size of the game is and for what it is and how our collection has now changed in the two years since we first played that... I also don't know that I really want to keep it. But I think it's I think it's a good light kind of family weight game. I'd be nice to give that game to a family that plays games cuz I think it is solid enough in what it does. Yeah, but and, I agree that I don't really love playing yeah, it. Yeah, and I'm a sucker for a game that has holes in cardboard components that when the holes go over uh-huh. items it's it very changes satisfying. the values. That's really cool and that very game does satisfying. that. It's just not it's just not good enough in the whole scope. There's lots, but you know, there's very, you know what? I might be taking it back a little bit on foodies because there is like, there's different countries every time you there's play. There's lots of different countries. So there's but that's disparate where I think, powers, but it's not, it just, it just leaves you wanting. I think it, it's for a little more. Yeah. I think for people such as ourselves who have the game collection that we have, like more than a couple, it doesn't maybe shine or bring enough to like set itself out. I think if you were someone who had like, a shelf of games. You're a family that has a shelf of games that are more typical for regular people. Foodies is a good game to put on that shelf because there's different food that comes out. There's different countries. And even though, like, they don't get that different. Right. They get a little different. And it's not it's, very heavy. It's not very heavy. It's very easy to teach. It'd be easy enough for young kids to play as well. It's got a very approachable, cute, like, cartoon kind of theme to it. Right. So I think it's better suited for a group like that than for two-player. Right now, we play so many things two-player. It's fine two-player, but it would be way better two-player if it was you and a kid than you and another adult, in my opinion. It's just a little too lucky, kind of not quite enough there. So I said for the ones that might not say, Machikoro 2. I bought it because they made another one, and I thought we played the Legacy and I liked it, but at the end of the day, it's still Machikoro, and I think I still just... Don't so really. are we gonna buy Machi Koro three? I mean, of course I am. If history has shown us anything, every time they do it, I'm gonna buy it, and then I'm gonna be sort of disappointed and realize that I don't know why I expected anything different. I don't think it's bad. I think I just, I think I'm just overall soured on it. And it's the same. It's it's pretty close in what I said about foodies. I think it is fine for people, and I think it is a nice game for people to play. We don't really want to use the red cards a lot in two-player. I don't know that it's the strongest two-player game. I think that's right. really what it comes down to. I think that's really what it comes down to. Um, Deus isn't a game that we actually have. That's something I've been playing with Adam on BGA. And uh, Adam's actually traveling right now, which is why he's often on these Board Game of the Month uh, episodes with us. But we both felt like this game, It's not. we're not feeling it. 
Maybe that's just because we're coming to it with the same approach, but it is not going to be on our favorites list for BGA. And then this is just a matter of fact thing that the other micro macro won't be staying in our collection because once we finish it, then you've done it all. And, and we'll not... just give it up to someone else. And we keep it nice and clean. We don't we don't color it. Yeah, we put we don't color it. We put all of the uh, missions back in their little envelopes in, in together in order. So kind of ready to pass it on to the next uh, players. But we that one just we won't hang on to it. And then game of the month, Aaron. I'm going to use my game of the month to take an opportunity to talk about how well Kelly played Century Gollum this month. Century Gollum oh. is likely to be my game of the month in any month that I play it How because well I, I love it? it. You played very do? well. You I mean you? I, I feel like you. I'm looking you, now. I don't think you beat me by a lot, but you did have you did have a really efficient uh, engine. <laughs> you know what I put as the note for it? What? It was contentious as always. Well, I, I mean, I, <laughs> that's the I, only... I, lo- I love the game. I had <laughs> that's the only thing I put. I had a very effective but slow engine, and I, ju- I just couldn't get there. And oh, because I was trying to end the game fast. You were trying to end the game fast, and like I was producing so getting... many resources, and I just was one turn short. Oh. But you played very, very well to force me into being one turn short. I'm remembering that in that game, at the very beginning... We kept getting the cards that just give you a straight um, gem. Yeah, just resources, not the transformation instead of the tra- cards. So, like, a lot of our early cards were that. And then it was sort of like you paid a bunch to take some things. Yeah, there and was... And then later I came back through and just took the yellow gems that you had put on that. Because I didn't... You had these cards that would get you, like, three yellow gems. You had maybe... Four. A- Four and a three yellow gem? I had, yeah, I had a four yellow gem and a three yellow gem, and then I had a bunch zane. of things to try. I could basically turn everything into everything. But it took a while. Just, it just took one turn too long. Like, it took one turn too long. If we had one more turn, I would. All right, all right. But you I, played very, very I had a blue and a pink, and, effectively. and then maybe yeah. a green and a yellow as like cards that yeah. I could just get. So yeah, you would start with yellow and be able to transform and get more, but I was able to just like, I thought the only way, seeing the stuff you could transform, I thought the only way that I'm going to be able to make this work is to end this as soon as possible. You were still getting more of the copper. I like to think of it as gold because it makes more sense to me that it's higher value. Right. You were getting more of the copper than I was. And then near, as we got near the end of the game, I got at least one higher point card. And I think that helped. Yeah, you got the higher point card out. in the in the in in the coin position with the three coins. Oh no no was... no! I I did not. Oh, I thought you did. But no no no. It, it, oh, no, maybe no. you got a sixteen point card. But either yeah. way, I thought that you responded to my engine very effectively. So oh, game of the month, well gosh. done, Kelly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I can say I did not respond to your engine. I have studied that game. I have taken every card out of that game and sorted it by like. The transforming what was at the top and what it transformed into into ranked order because you were so good at that game and I did not understand it at all. So now I feel like I can be vaguely competitive. It worked out for me this time. I, I, but I feel like I can now be competitive because I have studied the crap out of that game. I just didn't get it. I didn't get how you were always able to have these. I would have like no stones and be starting from zero and you would just constantly have pink stones. So yes, I, uh, I still know that my best chance at that game is to end it quickly because the more comfortable you get with your engine, the faster it takes off. My game of the month, which I actually played by myself. It's one that we have played together before. We first played it at Gen Con and that's space park. I oh, just, right. I wanted to get it off the shelf. It, is 
you know, especially with solo games, maybe you're just spending time by yourself. I think of it like that's kind of my self-care time. I think everybody has the thing that they do that's sort of a rejuvenation and a focusing and a meditative, whatever it may be. And for me, that's solo games. And when the game components are just enjoyable to look at, that's in that's like another level for me. It doesn't have to be nice, but like it's got those same gems that you see in Century, but they're very, they're smaller. They're actually three different sizes for the three different ones that are in there. It's a small footprint of a game. It comes in a little box. You set out six cards and then like one tall card. Those are the locations. It has these nice spaceships that are, I don't think they're metal, but they look like they could be metal. The spaceships represent the places where you can kind of be. And then as you take the action of where they are, they move clockwise around the available locations. And when you play solo, there's like a little AI bot that like you have to either pay him or he's stopping you from going certain places. You're trying to go around, collect these gems and get cards. And you're trying to get a certain number of points. And with the AI, you have to get a certain number of points before you get to the end of the deck. I played it like three or four times. It was just, you know, you kind of... I wouldn't say it's a flow state. Like you're in a space park. It's almost as if you've taken your mind to a lovely, relaxing space park. And it's not the kind of space where, like, there's some imminent threat or, you know, your ship is breaking down. Lux Eterna is another solo game, but, like, your ship's breaking down and you're trying to fix it. It's not like, there's not, like, any sort of tension or drama in the game. You're just kind of trying to collect these resources. So, in a way, it feels similar to Century Golem. It's like... I need to get some of these gems so that I can get these cards so that I can get some points. And it's just a bit of a puzzle to do that. So as someone who has also played a fair amount of Picross on Switch this month, I just like a puzzle. I find it very, very relaxing, soothing, and it kind of, it's enough to think about that I stop thinking about whatever I might be stressed about or whatever might be coming up next. It's enough for me to crunch on that it kind of focuses me and tunes out other things. So yeah, Space Park is my game of the month. It's by Keymaster Games. It's the same people that do parks and other really lovely productions of games. I don't hear a lot about it. It's one to four players though. Highly recommend it. I think it's pretty easy to find. I don't remember having trouble finding it. And yeah, being a smaller game, it's not it's not too much money. Yeah. Yeah. We should, uh, I should play that. Uh, maybe I'll play it. So it'll be part of my, my April too. I have two days. You do have two days. Now you can just save it for May, and we oh. can see if it made your game of the month. I don't think it would make your game of the month, honestly. We're going to find out. Why. I mean, who knows what I'm going to play in May. I know. But until then. It's going to be May. Thank you so much for listening to episode 47. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Variant Hex. We have a website and a blog at VariantHex.com, and you can email us at podcast at VariantHex.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the games we've mentioned, especially our Game of the Month picks of Space Park and Century. Let us know what you think on any of the platforms I've just mentioned. The next episode will be Board Game Games with Adam hosting as Aaron and I try to guess the games by their one-star Amazon reviews. Unless you're listening to these in reverse in which case you have 46 more episodes headed your way, the next one being Aaron and I reviewing Furnace, a two-to-four player auction and engine building game. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today.